Welcome to the Dayspring Audio Library, the teaching ministry of Pastor Daniel Rehoff. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message will have a powerful impact on your life. So sit back and enjoy today's time in the Word. I just think about that, you know, where would we be if, if the people didn't serve? Where with, with all the men and women that gave of their lives and gave of their time and their, their investments and their, their everything to serve our country? I mean, where would we be? It would be a mess. Uh, we're thankful, church. We ought to be thankful for the nation we live in. We ought to be thankful for the government we had. Um, I think it's, it's an important thing to remember that. And, and our government isn't perfect and our nation isn't perfect. And is there a lot of work to do? Well, of course there's a lot of work to do. There always is and there always will be. Uh, you know, it's interesting in the Bible, in the New Testament, all the way over here on the right-hand side, and we'll put these verses up on the screen. Check out 1 Timothy chapter 2. I just want to real fast just kind of encourage you on something. It says this. It says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, this, this is a guy, Paul. He's writing to a, a guy named Timothy who's the pastor of a church. And so he's writing this letter to the church here, and he says, you know, Timothy here, I exhort you, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. And then he talks about who, who he's talking about. And look what he says. For kings and for all that are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and all honesty. So Paul, the, the guy who inspired by the Holy Spirit, penned pretty much almost half of the New Testament is telling the church, telling the pastor, listen, I am telling you, I'm, I'm making it very clear. I want you to be praying for your nation, praying for the people, praying for those in authority. And, and here we are, you know, we're, we're, we're a couple days away from probably one of the most really monumental elections of our time. It's it just, it's, it's a big deal. And I think it's, I think it's really important that, that us as Christians uh, are engaged. I, I, I just, I think we can't just ignore it. I don't think we can, you know, go to sleep on this. I think I think it's important that you vote uh, as a Christian, as an American. Listen, I've traveled all over the world. Uh, I was a, a tour guide and a travel agent for many years and literally, literally have been pretty much all over the world. I haven't been to Australia, but it's on the list, okay? But, but that's a big deal. And, and there's a lot of nations that don't have what we have called, you know, democracy, called the ability to freely vote for whoever you want to vote for with no fear of repercussions. And, and I think as a Christian, I think as, as people in America, we need to vote a set of values, a set of morals. I think we need to vote in accordance to this book, not accordance to red or blue, not accordance to uh, 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 what your church says, but according to what this book says, right? Because I have my thoughts, you have your thoughts. This is the only book that's true, right? Amen, church? Right? So we all have our opinions, but we all know that our opinions are like armpits. <laughs> we all have them and they all stink. <laughs> I remember I had someone say to me one time, because I, I, I said, to, I, you know, I get in trouble at church a lot. <laughs> I'm the pastor. I said from the pulpit years ago, uh, I said, you know what, if you're a Christian and you're an American, you really ought to vote and shame on you if you're too lazy to vote. And I had a family get all worked up. How in the world could you shame us? How could you say shame on you for not voting? And they were so upset and left the church and, and just couldn't believe it. Well, the Bible puts the responsibility on the Christians an awful lot. I mean, there really is shame on us, church, if we don't follow this book. I mean, as a Christian, we, we, we need to follow this book. 
Um, there's, there's a bunch of things that I just think that, that the Bible makes really clear about our government. I, one of the things, if you've got a pen, you may want to write this down, but don't forget, church, that the government was established by God. All government. You know, if we look at Romans chapter 13, verse 1, it says this, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be, look what it says at the end, are ordained of God. So any power, any authority, any government that there is, God has his hand on it. God's not surprised by it. The Bible says it's ordained by God. God didn't wake up today and go, oh, no, you know, the Republicans are in office or the Democrats or the liberals or, oh, there's a communist dictator. God doesn't wake up surprised by it. The Bible says pretty clearly that he's involved in it. Yes, men have a free will, but God created government for a purpose, and, and he created it with a responsibility. And, and the responsibility is to reward moral and ethical behavior, but it's also the responsibility to punish evil. That is the government's job. Government is, is really, I mean, I guess if we look at it this way, it's really God's establishment of justice for good. It, it's, it's God's way of, of, of dealing with these things. You know, imagine, guys, imagine what it would be like to live with no government. And I know, we get upset about the government. It doesn't matter what side of the, the fence you're on. We've all had times we, you know, just can't stand our government. We're like, I can't believe the government did this, whatever. Pause. Could you imagine for a moment what it would be like to live if there was no government? It would be called anarchy. Listen, I would rather live in a communist country with a dictator than live in a country with no government that was anarchy. That, that, would, be, that, that would just be terrible. It would be awful. It's better to have some organization, better to have something than to have nothing where, where everyone knows what's right in their own eyes. And just imagine how terrible that would be. So, so the government was established by God, and, and laws that the government have, the, 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 the reason, the purpose is to produce morality. Laws sculpt and design culture in the likeness of God's righteousness. Our elected leaders should be passing laws that are indicative of godly standards, which act as the vehicle of goodness, punishment, and the ability to come to know the Lord. Think about this, guys. The Bible is the moral authority, the moral standard that we have in, in this nation. It, it's around the world. But here, especially in America, you know, the morals of, of this land come from this book. Whether you, whether you believe history or don't believe it, all the founding fathers, all the people that were part of the Declaration of Independence... Maybe they didn't see eye to eye with everything that I believe, but they all believe that there was a God, and they all believe that we are accountable to, to, to God, and that there is a moral and there is a, uh, an immoral, or there is a right and there is a wrong. There's no surprise by that. And I mean, think about this, guys. If you went to the Middle East, if you went to Iraq and Iran, where does their moral authority come from? It comes from somewhere. Where does it come from? It comes from the Koran. Okay, whether you like it or not, it's, it's, it's based on a faith, based on religion. In America, our moral authority happens to come from this book. So the government is very important. The job that the, the government does, think about, I was thinking about this today. Uh, Richard's video said that he served uh, in, in uh, uh, North Korea, or South Korea, I'm sorry, South North, North Korea, that'd be strange, uh, and, and Vietnam and over there. Think, I was just thinking about North Korea and South Korea. Can we think about that for a moment? The same stretch of land, the same natural resources, the same people from the same heritage, right? The same background, the same weather, the same climate, the same everything. And yet there are two distinct lifestyles in Korea, North versus South Korea. You know, in North Korea, there, there is no Christianity. I'm, I'm not saying there's not a couple Christians living there, maybe. 
but it's a communist country, the most repressive totalitarian government in the world. And, and in North Korea, if there is someone that has a person of faith, they're living in secret. There's persistent persecution. The, the church is so hindered, there is no missionary activity. There's no public worship. There's no publication of Christian liber, uh, literature. There are no Bibles being printed in North Korea. Millions of North Koreans are born, they live, and they die without ever hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. If we go south to South Korea, the government has allowed freedom of religion, right? And in South Korea, the churches are growing, they're thriving, they're sending missionaries around the world. South Korea has one of the highest percentages of evangelical Christians in any nation. 25% of South Koreans claim to be Christians. I, there, there is no stats for North Korea. It's point zero 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 something. There is just no stats because it's almost non-existent. Think, what is the difference between North and South Korea? Same resources, same people groups, same languages, same, same climate, same position on the globe. What is the difference? The difference is the government. The government is what's made the difference between North and South Korea. One is free. One is, is, is under extreme dictatorship. And, and there's nations all over the world that fall in between there, somewhere along the line. But, but here we are in America, and, and we live in a place that there should be more freedom, there should be more biblical principles. Why? Because we've been founded on this book. Governments do make a difference to the church. Governments do make a difference to the work of God's kingdom. That's why Paul said in that verse that we need to be praying for our government. Why? Go back to that verse, look at verse 2. Why do we pray for kings and those in authority? That we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. The church and the Bible, we're the influence of the nation. Do you understand that, church? Christianity, this book, is the influence of this nation. It influenced all the writers of the Declaration of Independence, all the writers in the Constitution. And, and our Constitution, now get this, our Constitution only works here. You know why it only works here? Because this book is here. If you took our Constitution and you gave it to the nation, let's just say Iraq or Iran or North Korea, and said, here, use our Constitution, just take it, it could not and would not work in those countries. Why? Because our Constitution is based on the principles of this Bible, and, and if you don't have this book and you don't have Christian faith, it won't work. Our Constitution will not work in other countries that don't have a Christian foundation. The only way it would ever work, let's say, in the Middle East, is let's say you had freedom of religion in Iraq for 100 years, true freedom of religion, and Christianity got a stronghold, then maybe it would work 100 years from now. But, but there's no way in the world that, that our Constitution would work anywhere else in the world without this book. It has nothing to do with, with, with Democrats or Republicans, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the fact that our nation was founded on biblical principles and our nation is influenced by Christian principles and influenced by Christian influences. It, it's just, there's no other way. Without Christian influence, governments have no clear moral compass. It, it, I've, I've had pastors say this. So I don't think we should ever talk about politics. I don't think we should ever talk about the government. I think that's someone else's job to do that. Time out. Can we just be honest for a second? Let's think. If the church doesn't talk about morality and, and Christian principles, where does our nation get its, its ethics from? Where do we get our moral values from? Where, where do they come from? Do they come from Hollywood? <laughs> do, 
Do you really want Hollywood's influence on our nation? I mean, I don't think anyone does. I don't want anything to do with California, to be honest with you. Where, where else would you get your moral standards from? Would you get them from friends at work? Would you get them from the local bar? Would you get them from professional counselors? Would you get them from elementary school teachers? Where do people learn about what is right and what is wrong in our nation? From this book and the Christian influence. That's the setting. That's the base, the foundation of how it all started in our nation. And the simple fact is that if Christians do not speak publicly about what the Bible teaches regarding issues of right and wrong, there aren't many other good sources for finding any transcendent sources of ethics, any source outside of ourselves and our own subjective feelings and coincidences and consciences. In other words, what I think is right would become the law of the land, but if you think what's right, that would become the law of the land. That's where our nation's headed. But we have to go back to that. This is so important. Church, it is important that Christians influence our nation. We don't need to be running in the back and hiding and saying, oh boy, it's so terrible, I'm going to go hide and I want to be part of it. We need to be part of it because we're the influence on our nation. It was founded on this book and the farther we get away from this book, the worse our nation will continue to get because it's only designed to work with this book as the foundation. It doesn't mean everyone in America has to be a Christian, but the Christian principles have influenced the founding of our country so much we can't get away from it. And, and, and I really believe that government relies on the church. How do, you, how do you say that? Well, I don't think governments can perform their role without the church providing a standard and counsel on what the Lord has called good and evil. Who decides what's good, church? Who decides what's evil? Who decides that? Well, our nation was founded on this book deciding what was good and what was evil, okay? And if we stray from that, then it becomes everyone's opinion, everyone's two cents, and, and, and what you think is right is right, what I think is right is right, and a nation can never, never stand. The, the church is to be the pillar and the foundation of church, uh, of, of, of truth in this nation. So, so I say all that to say this, guys, listen, it's, it's our choice. We live in a republic, a constitutional republic, and, and I think it's our choice to be ministers of the government and to minister to the government. The Lord expects us as Christians to be the gatekeepers of the responsibility and to support suitable leadership to serve as ministers of government. Our right, our right to vote is a gift God has given us. The reason he's given us that gift is so that we honor him back in turn. Guys, do you understand that the right to vote is a gift? Not every nation has that, okay? I'm always amazed when I, you talk about the south border, when you talk about even in Florida, people coming. Hundreds this year, hundreds of thousands of people will attempt to cross our borders. Why? Because America's so terrible? No. They're trying to get away from what they came from. It's so bad, they will, they will risk life and liberty and limb and financial everything and live in our jails because it's so bad back there, I'd rather be your prisoner than be a citizen where I came from. I'd rather have the risk of sinking in a boat than to go back to that, okay? We have the greatest nation on the face of the earth, and church, it's our responsibility as Christians to be involved, to put our faith into, into action, to stand on biblical principles, to preach boldly the truth, because guys, remember this, it is only Christianity and it's only the church that will ever have any influence in reclaiming America. If there's any hope of saving this nation, it's the church standing on the principles of this book, okay? It, it's, get it out of your mind that one person living on Pennsylvania Avenue is going to change this. It's not. It's not. 
It's the Christian standing on these biblical truths. That's the only way that's going to ever possibly reclaim this nation. So people ask me this all the time, Pastor Dan, who are you going to vote for? Now let me say this. I, I as, a, as a citizen, uh, I can tell you who I'm voting for, but I can't make you vote. I'm not, I'm, here's what I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you some principles of who I vote for, okay? You write these down, and you vote this Tuesday based on these. I'll tell you who I'm voting for. I will vote, uh, obviously, for the most pro-life candidate. Why? Because God hates the shedding of innocent blood. So that's, the first, that's my first decision on who I vote for. I will vote for the most pro-marriage candidate because God is for marriage, as defined in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. I will vote for the most pro-work candidate because God says if a man does not work, let him not eat, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10. I will vote for the candidate who most closely believes government's purpose is to reward the good and punish the evil, Romans chapter 13. I will vote based as close as I can on God's word, knowing that whoever gets elected, wisdom and power are God's. He sets up kings and disposes of them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals the deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in the darkness. So that's who I will vote for every time there is an election. Church, this week we need to go vote. You need to not sit on your hands. You not need to throw it away. Listen, don't do this, church. Don't, don't do this. Don't have a protest vote. Well, I'm just going to vote for, you know, I'm going to write myself in. Don't do that. Why? I'll tell you why. Number one, it's called pride. That's what it's called. Okay? It's, it's because you know the candidate won't win. The, the, guy, the idea here is to get the, the, the one that's closest to the values that we have in. But no candidate's perfect. <laughs> really? Thank you for that newsflash. I appreciate you telling me that. Yeah. Until Jesus Christ decides to run for governor or president, there won't be a perfect candidate. Can I get an amen on that? All right. And Jesus Christ is not running for governor or for president of the United States. Okay? So don't, don't even hold your breath for it, right? Last I checked, he's already got a job. He's good. He's, you know, he's not coming back, okay, for that. He's not going to come down here to run for governor, okay? And remember this, church. You're not voting for the savior of the world. That job's already been taken. Praise God. You're not. So, well, he's not just, of course they're not. They'll never be just like that. The savior of the world job's already been taken care of 2,000 years ago and will never have to be taken care of again, Okay? So, so don't get that confused, but, don't, but do something. Don't have a protest vote. Well, I'm just going to vote, vote in protest. I had someone tell me that one time, a lady. I said, who really cares? That's just pride. You're telling yourself, well, I did a protest vote. No one gives a rip that you had a protest vote. It just, it's stupid. I mean, who cares? I mean, do you even know who I voted for last time? Do you care? No, it doesn't matter. It's history. So let, let's try to do what we can. You say, well, pastor, what's the big deal about my vote? Well, in, in the year 1800, Thomas Jefferson was elected president by one vote in the House of Representatives after a tie in Electoral College. One vote. One person made a difference. 1824, Andrew Jackson won the presidential popular vote but lost by one vote in the House of Representatives to John Quincy Adams. John Quincy Adams was the president. Why? Because of Electoral College deadlock. One person mattered. 1845, the U.S. Senate passed the convention annexing Texas by only two votes. That was probably the biggest mistake they ever made. Oh, I'm sorry, Jamie's over there. He's from Texas. <laughs> 1846, President's Polk request for a declaration of war against Mexico passed by one vote. 1867, Alaska was purchased and ratified by only two votes. <laughs> That's just amazing. We can look at, there's probably a million other ones here that are probably on there about things that happen by one or two or three votes. So our votes do matter. Church, Get involved and go vote. My son, 
my son Cole, my son Cole sent in his, because he's in college, sent in his absentee ballot. Of course, he didn't read the instructions, and he sent it in too late, and Friday, Cole, did your vote get tallied up? No, they didn't receive it, blah, 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 I sent it in too late. Okay, so guess what he's doing? Yeah, right, he's hopping in a car Monday night, he's driving all the way back home from college Monday night, he's going to spend the night at her house, the polls open at 7, he is going to go vote in her precinct here at 7, he's going to hop in the car, he's going to drive all the way back to college, he's going to miss a couple classes in the morning, he's going to try to make it, he had to get special permission from the dean, but you know, for him, at his age, gas is free, it doesn't, it doesn't cost anything. You know what this vote's costing me, son? I mean, who pays for the car and the gas and you're going to stop at Quick Trip 500 times? You know what I'm saying? All that because I really believe one vote matters. My child is going to be in the car for an awful lot of hours so that he can put a scratch in the box and vote. It'd be easy to say it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. And it matters enough that he's going to spend an awful lot of time driving and it will never happen again. <laughs> I'm going to make sure of that. But if I think that's enough big of a deal that my son drives home from college to put a check in the box, there's really no reason we can't make it to vote, okay? There's just not. Church, you vote biblical values. Make your vote count and do it and, and be proud about doing it. Don't hide. But no one else is going to affect the, the country as much as Christians are. Let, let's do it and let's be involved, okay? Very, very important that we're involved, we're involved with, our, with our nation. And let's keep our nation in prayer. Why? For the spreading of the gospel. The only job that we have as a church is to spread the gospel. What's the gospel? Well, the gospel is the good news that God loves us so much he sent his son to die on the cross and pay for us. We want government to allow us to keep spreading the good news about the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid our sin debt. Okay? There may t come a time in this nation where we can't do that. Our job is to make sure our government keeps allowing us to do that. Okay? That, that's what, I don't care about taxes. I don't care about, I don't care about all those other millions of things. I don't give a rip about that. What I care about is, 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 the, is the freedom to preach the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ, okay? He died on the cross, paid our sin debt, was buried three days later, rose again. Why? So that he could pay the sin debt for all mankind. And God says, all I want you to do, according to this verse, all I want you to do is just believe that. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him, that Jesus Christ died on the cross and paid my debt. The Bible says that person can know for certain they have eternal life. Okay? That is the good news of the gospel. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, you ought to do it today because you don't know. You may not make it through the day. You may not make it through the night. You may be facing eternity tomorrow. The Bible says if you're trusting in you or your church membership or your baptism or something you've done, you will spend an eternity in hell because you've relied on you and not what Jesus did. I would trust Christ as my Savior today. That's what I would do. All right? We're out of time. Let's close with a word of prayer and let's be done. Lord, thank you for our study today. Lord, thank you for the privilege we have to celebrate those that have served our nation. We're thankful for Richard and his family being here today and the sacrifices they've made. And Lord, we're thankful for the Mars and their, their sacrifice, the whole family's made. Thank you, Lord, for that, for Kyle, what they've done. We appreciate that. And may they know that they've been honored today at Dayspring. And Lord, we, we do pray that there's someone here that doesn't know for certain if they've spend an eternity in heaven or not, Lord, but today they trust in you as Savior. Realizing they're a sinner that can't pay the debt, but Lord, in the quietness of their mind, they've accepted the fact that Jesus died in my place. Not what I do, but it's what Jesus did. That's what I'm trusting in as my Savior today. Maybe someone has done that today, Lord, would you give them a special blessing today? Lord, we pray for our elections, we pray for our nation, we pray for peace in our nation, we pray that the gospel goes out. 
Lord, whoever wins, we're going to honor them in their office. We're just, we just are. We're going to pray for them. Whoever wins, we're going to pray for them for the preaching of the gospel. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done. In your name we pray. Amen. We are very interested in you and your spiritual growth. If you want to contact Dayspring for prayer or more information, you can reach us at 262-404-5092 or on the web at dayspringbaptist.com. Thanks for listening.